till I'm free and I'm bound. Ain't nothing that can take me down. I'ma find another way around. Roblox won't stop me now. Hey, you guys, this is Byron and Tammy on episode five of Off Hello. Filter. No filter. Hope you guys are doing well. And today's topic, we are going to be talking about capes, cowls, costumes, tights. That's right. You guessed it. Superheroes. Exactly. So, <laughs> Superheroes. Yes. Everybody wants to be a superhero at some point in their lives. Don't act like you never did. And... Uh, with the latest Marvel craze, because Disney owns everything, I'm side-eyeing you, Disney, but please continue to produce <laughs> the content that you are producing. Um, mm -hmm. Especially because they're expanding the whole Star Wars universe. Yeah. it's it... With other shows besides... the Man <sighs> By the way, Disney, The Mandalorian saved Star Wars. Because <laughs> these... These last couple movies, not so great. But The Mandalorian is fucking fantastic. Well, Bob Chapik, Bob Eisner. Is it Eisner? I don't know. I forgot his name. Not a clue. Well, because Bob Chapik replaced the other Bob. And Kevin Feige <laughs> are all sitting back and maniacally laughing because they're saying, we know. We know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm okay with that, though. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to be every Friday night, right? I mean, if you're going to be the the bad guy sitting in the room, at least you're putting out good content before you destroy the world. So I guess it's okay. Mm -hmm. hmm. Dilemma. Anyway, so <laughs> we are talking about superheroes, mm -hmm. the modern day superhero, but we will get into the roots and their social impacts and influences and all of the good stuff that you've come to listen to us uh, for. So, without mm -hmm. further ado. Ladies and gentlemen, let us mm -hmm. put on the cape and the mask and dive off of the skyscraper into the world of superheroes. See, and with masks, you should already be part of the way there. Just saying. Part of the way being a superhero. Just saying. All you gotta do is put on a cape. Your kids will love you for it. If fucking Spider-Man can do it, he's been wearing the full mask for sure. It's not, you know, he's been wearing that full mask. For decades, that poor kid, mm -hmm. Peter Parker, wearing that mask, the Spider-Man mask, you know that sweaty, but if he can do it, we can. Yeah. Although I will <laughs> say, like, at least just pull it up for, for the moment, you know, just kind of like wipe that out and pop a couple of Tic Tacs. Because <laughs> that's, that's the one thing. You run around with that mask on and you're heavy breathing and you're taking punches yeah. and you're punching bad guys and you're going through the streets of New York. It's like you pick up all of that ambient uh, smells. Yeah. At some point, you got to at least, you got to like, <laughs> one of those, uh, give get one of those uh, Listerine little film thingies. Oh my God, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Those are, do they still make those? They do. I liked those. They do. Those were cool. Well, hey. Instead of chomping on it, mm -hmm. you know, something or chewing gum or whatever, I liked that little Listerine film that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Just to look for those tomorrow when I go grocery shopping. Just, I think they're in like the. They might be near the candy aisle or the uh, dental hygiene aisle. You know, somewhere in between the two. But you know, I'm just saying. You know, crime fighting. There, there comes a point where look, as cool as Batman and Spider Man and Wonder Woman, all of them are. You gotta, you gotta ask yourself like. What does your suit smell like? 
yeah. How often do you fumigate that shit? I'm, do you, yeah. you let that shit air out, or do you just like hang it up and then you're like, ah, ah I don't see any stains. Right. I'm not gonna wash it this week. I mean, and you do this nightly, and it's like, nightly. I mean, these things are are usually onesies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you wear a diaper in there or what? Um, I know. Yeah, right. So, like, mm. you know, my friends, our, our friend Scott, um, one year we had the Halloween party slash scavenger hunt put together. And Scott was Batman. And that poor guy, by the time he was done doing the scavenger hunt, when he got to my house, he was about to burst <laughs> because his Batman costume. No. He wasn't Batman. I lied. He was Darth Vader. Either way, it was the same problem. It was a onesie costume. So he had to, you know, he had to take all his clothes off to be able to pee. (laughs) So, so if, if these, I I do apologize. He was Darth Vader, not Batman. But again, same principle though. Yeah. Right. Because if you look at Darth Vader, he's still wearing a fucking onesie. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, not a superhero though. Even though he's way cool, he's not a superhero. But he does have an awesome ass cape. Yeah. Yes, he and he's voiced by he James Earl Jones, so it's like you know what? I'll allow it. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Well, here's here's what I want to ask. Mm-hmm. All right, so you you are definitely much more uh, schooled about superheroes than I. Um, I you know they've been around my whole life. Of course, you know I'm not old enough to not have had at least superman right because <laughs> he's like one of the oldest isn't he mm-hmm. as far as he's like the... um, modern day yes. to put that in air quotes modern day he's he is the first because he's yeah and so um so you're more schooled on this so i know there's different categories there's like you know those that use advanced technologies mm-hmm. so that would be like you know iron man and batman they don't have superpowers but they they have, you know, the, the gadgets and all that. Um, and then there's those that have powers. Mm-hmm. Um, those that are born that way, like S- Superman, or those that get that way mm-hmm. uh, through, like, being bit by a spider, like Spider-Man mm-hmm. or others. And then there's those that um, use magic, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, would, okay, so Doctor Strange is one of those that uses magic. Mm-hmm. Right, Okay. And, well, it depends on who's telling the story, but yeah, but okay. the the original character, yes, um, was was magic, sorcery, and of course, he he was made in the '60s during the psychedelic period. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because a lot of his drawings, a lot of the storytelling, his powers, and the way that they look is definitely psychedelia. It's an acid trip. Uh, but that's it's on purpose. <laughs> I'll have to check those out. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. I think him and Iron Man, those two are my favorite ones hmm. out of them all. Um, I um, was I was a comic book reader when I was younger, but obviously I'm not as as I'm older just because I got into other things mm. um, instead. But as far as like all the modern, I guess, interpretations of these superheroes. Um, definitely Iron Man, and it's not just because of Robert Downey Jr., although that helped. But <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'm going to say, that helped pique my interest, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, uh, same way with Dr. Doctor uh, Strange, because, okay, I'll admit it, I'm a Cumberbitch. I like <laughs> Benjamin Cumberbatch. I do. <laughs> 
I love him as Sherlock Holmes. I, I love him as Doctor Strange. I love him in so many things. But, um, so watching the, the most recent movie, right, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Strange's, I really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. That... And I'm, I'm not a person who is, you know, again, I will probably not watch any of the Avenger movies. Um, but I, I watched Doctor Strange and I really liked that. Okay. I thought that was, you know, I liked it a lot. You have to watch Endgame. It's a cultural <sighs> phenomena. I don't, maybe, I don't know, I might be over, like, overselling it, but it's a damn good movie. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun. They actually okay. finally say Avengers Assemble, finally, for the first time in, in the, in the, all of the Marvel movies. And, of course, you know, when that happened, it, you know, everybody, like, went crazy, and um, it, it, it's, it's definitely, it's a good time. It is, it's three hours, but it doesn't feel like three oh. hours. It's one of those movies where it's long. But because the pacing is is pretty damn good, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it drags at some points. Ah, it's, a, it's it's definitely a fun time. I I, I rewatched it about a month ago, maybe two months ago now. Because what is time anymore? What's the one that was before it? Before Endgame was uh, Infinity War. Okay, I did see Infinity War. Okay, and. We're friends, right? So, like, I can tell you my opinion of this. Okay. Yes. I, <laughs> uh, the reason why I have not watched Endgame uh, is because with Infinity War, um, for me, it was so much going on mm-hmm. about, like, Transformers. Like, the first Transformers was okay. It was it was good. You know, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. But... Mm, by the second and third, there was so much going on on the screen. I did not know where to where to look. It was too much. I can understand. And, you know, I'm all, I'm, yeah, I'm all about explosions. I'm all about you know fighting and all that. But there was there was just so much stuff going on that I I I lost track. And so I think Endgame would be like that for me too. I, part of it is also because I'm not um, as much into superheroes. Um, it's harder for me to latch on to them so much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or um, relate to them as much. So for me, it's a lot of stuff going on. Whereas I think if, if I related to the characters more or I was more into the characters, then it would probably be... Doug liked it. Mm-hmm. Doug watched them. Um, but they're, they're hard for me to watch. Yeah. I like the individual ones. You know the the the, the solo uh, movies or the back. St- yeah, I like the solo movies. I think because there's fewer characters. <laughs> I have a hard time if there's like so many characters, and then I'm like, what does that person do again? How did they get that way again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can uh, understand that. Yeah, as a ca- like you're a casual fan, like you know who they are, but mm-hmm. it's not yes. you're not yes. as invested. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In game would be like that for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because to me, it's just a well, bunch of people just running around screaming, doing their powers, and it's like what? Well, and that's that's on? what it, that's honestly that's what Kevin Feige is recreating as a comic book fan. So okay, the movies are mirroring. I hope I said that right. There's too many R's in that word. But anyway. I know. <laughs> you said it right, though. Okay, good. Um, we can fix yeah. that in post. Anyway. Um, yes. The com- the movies are basically following what the comic books do. So in the comic books, you have all of these characters, and they have their own series. 
And then mm-hmm. some event brings all of them together. So in this case, I mean, he's he again, he's he's echoing the, the comic book. So Thanos is this world ending type of character or, you know, this very mm-hmm. large threat, of course. So that warrants um, bringing everybody back together. Um, of course, with the MCU, you know, their story is they they came they had their solo movies. They came together as the Avengers to stop Loki, because, of course, um, he has a whole world ending plot, which sets up Thanos. Then they go through their separate adventures, split up uh, with Civil War. Narratively, they split up and then they come back together when Thanos shows up for um, the Infinity Gauntlet or the well, the Infinity Stones to power the Infinity Gauntlet. Yada yada. Okay, yada. let me stop you there. Well, I'll put this. I'll make sure I put this in <laughs> in the description of this episode. But we're gonna have to do some spoilers. Oh, of course. Because I have some questions. Yeah. Okay. So for all of you listening, there's gonna be spoilers if you haven't seen any of these things, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with learning about Endgame spoil because I'll never watch it. So you <laughs> might as well tell me. You know, about it. But Infinity Wars is the one at the end where Thanos has all the the stones, right? Yes. And people start disappearing? Yes. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure I got that one right. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, but they all come back, right? Of course, because they're superheroes. For, right. <laughs> well, you know, some are just people. You know, some are just people. Well, like, true. like you know, Star-Lord is just a person. He doesn't even have powers anymore. Well, yeah, but I mean... Sorry, spoiler. But, but they're all, they're, <laughs> Again, spoiler, because his daddy, Kurt Russell, took them over. Yeah, yeah, but they're all characters and characters who make a lot of money. So, of course, they're coming back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I will say this. I will say this. I did really like Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Yeah. I loved I, it. I, I think I need that extra humor. I think I need that extra, you know, mm-hmm. stuff to it. I think part of it, too, is the, the, the nostalgia factor because it's definitely like pulling on the 80s heartstrings, which is fine because I love yeah, the that's 80s. True. You know, it was fun. That's true. Um, and even the second one, just the use of I, I, I personally like Guardians of the Galaxy because the use of music, um, mm-hmm. especially like in the second one where they kept playing. Uh, Fleetwood Mac's, uh, was it Chain? Break the Chain? It's not Break the Chain, but that song. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I, I mean. know which one you're talking People about. People are going to email me and it's like, how did yeah. you get that wrong? You knew what I meant. Anyway. You know what? <laughs> I would love it if they would fucking email us. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I would just love one motherfucking email, man. I would take one jerk over this silence. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. I'm sorry. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'll t- I'll yeah. take the jerk. That's like, fine because you know I, I got this. But at the same time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, I did not mean to interrupt your flow because you were you were talking about them coming together, and I I wanted I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that there will be spoilers. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's the same thing with comic books. It mm-hmm. so you have whomever your principal characters are, in this case, the Avengers. So you have your Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Thor. Who's the other one? Why did I forget the other one? Before Black Panther, because he didn't show up yet. And we have to talk about what they're going to do about that, by the way. Yes. Well, um, they're but not. we'll get to that. I want you to finish this thought. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so you have your, your principal characters. They have their own. Mm-hmm. In this case, in the MCU, they have their own movies. It's the same as them having their own comic book titles. And, of course, it's setting up that something larger is coming and that brings them all together. So it's a world ending Mm -hmm. event. 
something that is cataclysmic, catastrophic, one of those big C words, or both at the same time if you're a good storyteller. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. you know, let the let the superpowers uh, unfurl. So you have nothing but explosions and lightning and lasers and this, that, and the third. And it's all fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see on the page. And now you get to see it on screen. So it's the, it's right. the same thing. Now to a casual comic book fan, or at least somebody like yourself who who is aware of these characters, or at least has mm-hmm. some familiar familiar. Yeah, damn it, you know what I'm trying to say. Familiarity. Yes, <laughs> Goodness, I can't talk tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do. I do uh, on the side. I do uh, backup work for Missy Elliott. So observe if it gets bad <laughs> yet. Yeah, that's right. I said it. And <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so you have that, but. If you're not really invested in the characters or if you don't really have like knowledge of, oh, this is the vision and he does X, Y and Z and this is Scarlet Witch Mm -hmm. and she does blah, 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 blah. You know, when you see them on screen, it doesn't really do much for you or it doesn't really last for you. It's like, oh, that was actually interesting. And then they just kind of go away because like in in or not in game. I'm sorry. uh, Infinity War when because they don't call her Scarlet Witch. That's the other thing, too. Her name is Wanda which that is her name and that's her her civilian name but her okay. her moniker is Scarlet Witch, right? Why don't they do that in the movie then? I'm not sure. I I think it could be Kevin Feige like the word trying witch? Well, probably especially but they but they have witches in Disney. I think it's it's him trying to like like ride that line of like keeping it open to everybody so that he doesn't alienate anyone in his audience. Cause like one of my one of my friends is um, is Jehovah's Witness, but she loves mm-hmm. the uh, the Marvel movies. She won't watch Doctor Strange because of the magic element. However, she did watch Black Panther, but she is also black, so I don't know. If she kind of felt like she had to or what. But I was like, <laughs> if you're okay with the mysticism in Black Panther, I mean, obviously you make your decision, you make your choice. I think you'd be okay with Doctor Strange, but again, that's your personal yeah. choice, and that's fine. She did end up seeing Endgame finally, because I was like, you know, Doctor Strange isn't really in Endgame like that, right. and he wasn't really in Infinity War like that either. I mean, yes, he was mm-hmm. in it, but it, it wasn't necessarily centered around him. But anyway, I guess all of that, and that's just my observation. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe that's something he considered, or maybe he's just like, eh. Scarlet Witch is is too much, you know. We'll just call her Wanda, and maybe she has a show, Wanda Vision, coming out. Maybe she'll she'll take up the name Scarlet Witch in that. I don't know. It might be a contractual thing too, because she, because Wanda Scarlet Witch is technically a mutant. Oh. In the MCU, mutants don't exist, not yet. So the X Men haven't shown up yet. So calling her Wanda, mm. they may not have the rights to call her Scarlet Witch. Oh yeah, okay. That and that may be what it is. She could be Scarlet Witch without being Scarlet Witch because her brother is Quicksilver, but they don't call him that in the movie either. They just call him by his name. Oh, then maybe they are waiting until mm-hmm. until X Men. Because mm-hmm. now that uh, Disney owns Fox, now they have access to the X Men and Fantastic Four and blah blah blah. So now they can call them. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And that's huh. probably what it yeah. is, but I don't know. That's just my observation. That sounds logical, though. Eh. 
I have my moments, but you know, somebody, somebody's probably like, no, it's not. It's this. That's fine. I didn't say I was right. Again. I just said it was my observation. I don't know. Again, <laughs> fucking email us right. then. Jeez. <laughs> Instead of just sitting you know, alone, doing whatever you're doing, listening to this podcast, <laughs> talking out loud, yeah. and put it in an email. <laughs> So anyway, I think I think that was my rants about superheroes. Did I answer your question? I hope I answered your question. Yes, you did. But I'm sure there'll be more rants later on. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about when I was when I was kind of preparing for this as best as I could because I'm not going to read every comic book and watch every movie out there right. before this podcast. But I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. about it because I do want to because me, of course, having a history degree and being a history teacher, I felt that it's it's important that I maintain the historical aspect of this as far as superheroes and not necessarily the DC or the Marvel universes, Mm -hmm. but how far back the whole idea of people having superheroes goes. Oh yeah. A couple of historical superheroes would be like Gilgamesh and the Epic of Gilgamesh. Beowulf, which that one for sure, because most schools... Um, do read all of Beowulf, and they've made movies about Beowulf. He's the one that fights Grendel and Grendel's mother. They're like, they're not really sure what they're supposed to be because this is like 11th century literature here in Europe. But either way, he goes, he has to fight them in full armor underwater, and they're like dragons, or not necessarily dragons, but they're monsters. Mm -hmm. So he's monster fighting. He holds his breath for like days underwater. I mean, so he has like all the... All the things, you know, for for a superhero. And uh, Odysseus in uh, the Odyssey. Um, and then King Arthur actually is also considered a superhero. You know, he's the only one that can pull the sword out of the stone. And then Robin Hood also, because of the way his archery, how he can, he can split another arrow with an arrow. Ah. Now, I know that probably can happen, but the way that they describe it for him is that it's, you know, he can do it from like, really far away (laughs) um but those are some of the ones that uh go pretty pretty far back okay because i mean gilgamesh is and and odysseus of course are bc era Mm -hmm. so they you know there's there's been superheroes for a long time which again i'm not heavily into them Mm -hmm. but as a a casual i want to say fan because i uh, you know i'm still a fan yeah right everybody likes a good batman movie and i will say this out of all of them, okay, my Batman will always be Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, I like those Batman movies better than than the other ones. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Dark Knight series, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, I do like the video games. I think that they're they're fun. And the Batman in the video games is pretty, he's pretty intriguing. You know, I, I, I kind of like that rendition. Um, and I, you know, I like Doctor Strange, like I said, Iron Man. I mean, I, I am a casual uh, fan so i i understand you know why why people really like superheroes we all need that kind of we all need that kind of thing we we need something to look up to we need something to uh admire we need something to get into you know to really become passionate about mm-hmm. and all of them have different aspects of of humanity anyway mm-hmm. it's like the different like aspects of a personality, I guess? Yes, okay. I think so, to a certain degree. Now, obviously, they all have fully formed personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, the creators, you know, 
put a lot of work into these these characters but at the same time i think they 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 bring something out in people that tends to be good and even the villains kind of do in a way if that makes sense yeah yeah it's interesting because superheroes like anything in literature the author always reveals more about themselves than they initially intend to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. a superhero a superhero is the idealized version of of the creator or usually it's the it's mm-hmm. how they see themselves in an ideal world or or the change that they want to make to the world that's around them, you know, some, something like that. Whereas the villain, of course, is the antithesis. So it's everything you don't like about the world or everything you wish the world was and how to go about getting it. It's mm-hmm. it's your darker, quote unquote, your darker desires. And then what makes it really interesting is when the antagonist isn't necessarily the villain or, or obviously is not a clear villain, right? Like, right, yeah. Um, in recent iterations, just for example, um, you have Daredevil and Kingpin, and they're um, the Daredevil is the protagonist, um, Kingpin is the antagonist. Okay, mm-hmm. but Kingpin, even though he's he's the villain that, to the audience, we know he's the villain. He doesn't see himself as a villain. He's trying to save New York, and so is Daredevil. The difference oh, and yeah, why they come okay. into conflict is their methods. So Daredevil is doing it as a vigilante and as a lawyer. So that's an interesting uh, kind of setup for him as a character. Mm-hmm. And then the Kingpin is trying to save New York, but he does it through uh, illegal means and operations, right? Like he knows what he, he's breaking mm-hmm. the law to uphold the law in a sense, at least in his eyes. So he'll work with, um, he's consolidating power because he feels as though you know there, somebody has to be in charge of it, and if he's in charge of it, he feels like he has more he his hands are more capable at facilitating uh, the the going on, the goings on in New York, basically to sum it all up, versus somebody else. He's like his hands are the more okay. capable ones than an outside force or his rivals or whatever. It's like no, he's the one. He's the one that can do it. So he doesn't see himself as a quote-unquote villain because his end goal is to bring New York back from the brink, depending on, again, who tells the story. But that's right. that's um, what makes him so interesting. Other than being a mob boss or, um, you know, or a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Like uh, Lex mm-hmm. Luthor, for example, was a mad scientist for the longest time until the 1980s where he became revamped as a 1980s businessman. Since then, that version of the character has endured. That? When did they do that? Why? Why did they do that? Oh, why? Oh, to revamp Superman, Batman, to like to make to make these characters more um, accessible to the new to a newer generation, because Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman they they were all formed in um, 1938, 39, and forty one, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. believe, respectively. Mm-hmm. Forty one or forty three? I think forty one. Yeah. 41 for Wonder Woman. And so those versions of the character or the characters were kind of like they came off as your parents for the most part. Um, And then since most comic books were aimed at kids, 
um, that was fine until the 1980s because you had gone through the counterculture period. So mm-hmm. comic book superheroes, especially Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, couldn't can talk to uh, to readers as if they were their parents anymore, or, or that that wasn't selling basically. Yeah. So they revamped yeah. them. You know, Superman now is more he's edgier whatever that looks like because you had different writers who (laughs) who did that but he's quote unquote edgier wonder woman is bolder batman gets darker again like the the iteration of batman that we know as the dark brooding character that's how he started in the 30s and then he became the more um father-like figure when robin showed up and then they had the the tv show in the 60s so it was really campy and you notice his his Mm -hmm. costume got brighter and there were brighter colors and batman was smiling all this stuff but then in the 80s it's like well we don't we don't like that you know the the audience is like no okay it was it was fun for you know when i was a little kid or whatever but i i don't like biff bam poo pow anymore no we need mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. darker. And the 80s had that dark underbelly to it because even it, this is Reagan era. So even yeah. though people were experiencing um, a growth in wealth, at least some people were, there was a large so. part of the population that wasn't. And mm-hmm. in order to get that wealth, you had to step on other people to do it in certain cases. This is why Gordon Gecko's character is so prominent and, and influential in like that kind of Reagan era, like that symbol, that symbol of a Reagan era um, businessman, like greed is good. Well, if you take Gordon Gecko and put him into a comic book, you get Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. It's more relevant and you can relate to the, the seedy, right. yeah, you know, seedy yeah. businessman, like, oh, he's up to nefarious things or whatever. Because yeah. also th- this is the point where comic books start to become closer to the real world. Like in in a sense where yeah they went to World War Two but you still knew that was like kind of like like flights of fancy right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. also this is when they get rid of the comics code um the comics code authority because that was established in the 1950s what's that the comics code the comics uh code of authority or excuse me the comics authority code the CAC is a or was a self censoring organization that comic book publishers came up with in response to I forget his name it was a German doctor and he thought that comic books were um, deteriorating the minds of the youth he went to (laughs) um, juvenile homes and prisons Mm -hmm. and found that like a lot of the kids that had what he deemed as like mental illness a lot of the things that they had in common was that they read comic books so hmm. he asserted that the comic books were detrimental to the kids and that, for example, like Batman and Robin was uh, a, a homosexual's dream. They were like like playing out fantasies. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Wonder Woman was uh, sexually subversive. It was like all these, uh, you know, all the, uh, any and everything you could say negative about comic books is what he said. And so... They create horrifying. Well, you know, but he had doctor in front of his name in the 1950s. I know. So it was that's horrifying. (laughs) Easy for him to do. The documentary I sent you, I forgot his name, but I I sent you a video. um, And Mm -hmm. it was like an hour and a half long. But anyway, um, they touch on it. 
um, because that mm-hmm. nearly killed the comic book industry as as we knew it at the time. So a lot. That's why Batman got brighter and more um, more campy. That's why like Superman. Oh, that was the other thing too. Authority figures, uh, the police, government officials in the beginning. And this is this is how things go full circle. It's very interesting. In the beginning, police officers, government officials, um, not the president per se, but uh, they were depicted as bad guys. Some of them because the comic books were made during the Depression and during oh, the yeah. Depression, you had the rise of organized crime. Not the rise, but the continuance of organized crime for what we know as Mm -hmm. organized crime. So you had the mobsters and the dirty cops and the crooked politicians and so on and so forth. With the comics, with the comics authority code, they took that out. So now police officers and government officials are all shown in positive light. The only way they, excuse me, got around that was with the Incredible Hulk because his villains was the U.S. government because they're trying to kill yeah, him. Okay. Right. So they're technically the villains of the story. However, mm-hmm. the Hulk is this rampaging beast, so it's okay, quote unquote, it's okay to show them doing what they're doing because they're doing it to protect American citizens. They're doing it to protect people's lives. Right. Yeah. That's how they got around that code, but nobody noticed it. Until years later, right? When you start yeah. having these real yeah. conversations about authority and power and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is because now you fast forward to the 1980s and now you're seeing that come back. The code is is dis- dismantled, but it, it it's thrown into disuse in the 1970s because okay. during the counterculture period, comic books started taking on a more... Um, social uh conscious socially socially conscious socially aware aspect a lot of the artists and creators at the time obviously being affected by the world around them are now starting to put things into comic books to start having conversations about structural racism or uh gender uh equality or anti-war messaging um environmental messaging so on and so forth and so that gets erased around, it gets erased in the 70s. I can't remember what year exactly. But because of that, now when you move into the 80s during Reagan's era, now you have the crooked businessman and politician again. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. power, right? And what better place to yeah. do that than in a comic book? That's why I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> That totally makes sense, too, because, yeah, you're right it's about the businessman, because that was, uh, yeah, the 1980s were definitely about, all about money. Mm-hmm. And it was all about Wall Street, and it was all about, you know, people making a lot of money, you know, trickle-down economics and all that crap, mm-hmm. <laughs> which didn't work, by the way. Which never made um, sense. I don't understand how people well, got yeah. that, but, well, I understand how. is Part of it is because, or by, rather, like you got that by keeping people scared and keeping them yep. in a precarious position, which hasn't changed, by the way. 
Mm-mm. No, it has not. <laughs> <laughs> when you are scared and uncomfortable and desperate for something to quote unquote make sense, even when it doesn't, you will make it make sense. Yeah. Hmm. Sound yeah. familiar? I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, definitely. And then it opens the conversation about, you know, with Lex Luthor in particular, he has the money and there's it's money, power, respect. Superman mm-hmm. has power, but he is, depending on who writes him, he's a respected journalist, but he's not necessarily like rolling in the dough, right? Like yeah. he has a nice apartment yeah. in Metropolis, and that's about it. And an ice castle. Yes, and a freaking ice. So, you know, he's never going to be homeless, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he can fly exactly. and go wherever he wants. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a freaking ice you castle and, and a nice apartment where they never tell you how much it actually costs, like, he, you know, Clark Kent yeah. is not worried about rent. Con- he's not living in a rent controlled neighborhood. Right. He's not worried about, you know, where his next uh, paycheck is going to come from. They never explore mm-hmm. the economics of being Superman by the way, um, which, no, which is don't. by, which is on purpose, you know, because um, he, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be the closest thing to God or at least Christ as we can get. Uh, they've made Superman a Christ-like figure, um, even by, mm-hmm. um, by propping him up in a cornfield on what looks like a cross um, and having, you know, he's up there with, with the S carved into his chest, like he's shirtless and then they carved the S into his chest making him our closest thing to God because even when his... When did they do this? What? Oh, what this is was this? In the, this was in the 90s. But they also okay. did it on Smallville in the early 2000s. They were echoing oh, that, okay. uh, that yeah. image. Because re- honestly, up until recently, Superman and Jesus Christ were like the, the... is how America sees itself, generally speaking. It's like you... Because they're, <laughs> they're paragons of good, right? Jesus is supposed to be perfect because he's God's son. And then Superman is supposed to be, you know, one step beneath that, basically, because he has all of the quote unquote godlike powers Like he can fly. Right. He has laser vision. He, but he's he's benevolent because he has those good down home Midwestern values. That's how America sees well, and then itself. You, wouldn't you just add uh, Captain America to that, too? Yes. In Cap- As in like the, the yes. perfect and Captain perfect, America, uh, just, American. Yes. Captain America is actually just. Uh, surpassed Superman as America's mm-hmm. quote-unquote superhero. The difference, though, and this is where it gets really interesting, is that there's two versions of Captain America. So you have uh, World War II Captain America when he's first introduced, yeah. and that's the very, like, that greatest generation type of American. Yeah. Then you have post-9-11 yeah. Captain America, and that's the more cynical Captain America. That's how millennials see America for the most part. It's like, yeah, we'll buy into American exceptionalism to an extent, but we're not mm-hmm. going in, you know, completely blind. Like in, in part of that also is with um, Watergate as well. That kind of feeds into it, but definitely yeah. 9-11. For- well, and then I imagine that that's going to change some stuff with the, with the latest stuff that's been going on the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and Chris, um, oh shit, Chris Evans, yeah, yes, thank you, because you know there's like eight Chris's in the Marvel Universe, I'm just kidding, I know. but yeah, <laughs> I know. Chris Evans, like he, his version of Captain America, people can identify with, because it, his, his version of the character goes through that same arc, in the first Captain America, he's very, you know, 
American exceptionalism, beat the Nazis, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in Captain America Winter Soldier, he's not. Because he's like, yo, I, I do all of this stuff, you know, so that we, so we can be free. But here it is, S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing all of this stuff in secret. And that's not the America that he remembers. But that's what the mm-hmm. America is, that's what the current America is doing. Right now, of course, to to take the sting out of it, they say, well, it's not necessarily, you know, the American government. It was Hydra all along. Let's like read the subtext. Right. And then even the symbolism of it, because he's, of course, fighting the Winter Soldier. But at the end of the movie, they uh, the Winter Soldier saves Captain America. and He's like dragging him out of uh, of the, the river that they crash into. And his suit is like bloodied and and like really muddy. It's like that's that symbolism, like of what of what America as a as a whole, in this case, Captain America, has been dragged through. Now at the end oh, yeah. of it, it's like okay, you still came out of it, but this is this is what has happened. This is how bloody mm-hmm. and how marred, you know, the history of this character, so the history of this country is. Yeah. Again, I get it. Why I love comic books. <laughs> I told I totally get it. I mean, I I, I do. I I like uh, how uh, it does reflect its time period. Mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of interesting. You know, this is going to have to be a two parter. Of course, <laughs> of course. Because I I still have more to say because of bringing up the the time periods of these things is. That's going to lead me, uh, that's going to be my segue into, of course, how how women are portrayed mm-hmm. in the comic books mm-hmm. and how that has changed to a certain degree, but also still has not changed to a certain degree. I'm just, you know, this is my viewpoint as a casual observer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously through their, cl- especially the, the earlier ones, Wonder Woman is, is definitely... The person to hold up for this but so is catwoman actually too mm-hmm. uh is the idea of of them sexualizing the the female superheroes mm-hmm. right so like like the guys can be all kinds of crazy shit right they can be a hulk for god's sakes right mm-hmm. but <laughs> for a woman they they especially the early ones they hyper sexualize them so Wonder Woman is is the one the poster child for this that um, I noticed when I was doing uh, looking up this kind of stuff. Um, large breasts, you know, she's wearing a leotard, a onesie leotard, right? That's strapless, and she has a cinched waist, and she is always portrayed as this amazingly very sexy woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the other ones are too. So even going into the Batman series, right? All those uh, female, uh, the villains are are definitely hypersexualized. Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. uh, Catwoman, hypersexualized, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as like, uh, well, I, I even in Gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora, is it, Gamora, is that her name? Mm-hmm. She's still sexualized yeah. to a certain degree obviously you know that there's there's gonna be that no matter what you do mm-hmm. of course but at the same time it's like a, a little bit different than than it has been for all the and there's more male superheroes than female for sure yes 
And that's uh, definitely more male, and they, there's more varieties within those those male characters as well. Yes, and that's part of this because obviously structurally, mm-hmm. the comic book industry was an industry for men because they targeted yes. young boys. Yeah. Um, so so they, you get, so you gotta have that mm-hmm. <clears throat> Amazonian mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know it. As a as a little kid, you know, it's like, okay, you, you want to grow up to be big and strong. You want to be a big, strong, strapping man, right? So if, if you're a boy. So, you know, if you have your, your comic book character, barrel-chested, square jaw, follows mm-hmm. orders, which is Captain America and Superman, because right. it changes. Yeah. Superman stands for truth and justice. By the 1950s, he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. The American way. What is that? That's true. Yeah. Right. That's true. So you go up there. <laughs> this is also the part of the part of it is really funny. Um, this observation was made. That's a lot of the superheroes during the fifties uh, mm-hmm. are fascists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are. What what ex- what do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> Explain that a little bit further. Well, I, I just I know I'm I'm I am i am pretty sure I agree with yeah, you, so I want to hear factors. a little bit more about that. Well, it's like look, you do what they say, and if not, you will suffer their consequences. It's, I mean, it's it's basic, and they do well, that's this. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Some of them do this at the behest basic. of the state. Some of them do it um, just because they have the power to do it. And even though they're yeah. the quote unquote heroes, you know the the villains is like wow you. You didn't have to exert the force that you exerted in order to save the day. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you really get into the weeds of it, it's like you didn't necessarily, really, you don't have the authority to do anything that you are doing because you are technically a vigilante. <laughs> yeah. The only two. And that- vigilanteism is not necessarily uh, promoted. Exactly. But. Yeah, by the authorities. Right, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> But, it depends on which vigilante, well, right? Sure. And yeah, you know, the only two that are that escape that um, are Wonder Woman and Captain America because they are deputized by the United States. Well, they, Batman too, though, because Batman works with he, Commissioner Gordon. He does. Well, depending on who tells the story, yes, because that's he, true. He that's does. True. He does work with Commissioner Gordon. Now, some of the mm-hmm. the modern day Batman. Stories like Batman Year One, which came out in the eighties, Commissioner Gordon gives him a badge and says, "Like, okay, mm-hmm. I hereby deputize you." So, yes, depending on who tells the story, but Batman has always, for the most part, been a vigilante, right? Yeah, Superman, he's still a vigilante. Superman That's true. gets away with it because you can't do shit to him, even if you wanted to, until Kryptonite showed up. But yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah, he's and, and his villains, of course, are world ending villains. So we kind of have to rely on Superman to do his job in order for us to and survive. And then also, <laughs> and if you're going to tell him no, you know, what if he decides, you know what? Fuck you. I'm Superman. There's nothing you can do to hurt me. I'm going to go ahead and become the super villain. Mm-hmm. Which Fuck y'all. Ex- I'm not going to be the good guy anymore. Right? I'm tired of saving your paltry asses. <laughs> Which they do explore in, in several what ifs yeah, and, yeah, and, and justice. But yeah, like that's the thing. It's like none of these people or beings have real legal authority. However, even if 
the story is portrayed for them upholding the law, they're still breaking the law. As much as I love Batman mm-hmm. or Daredevil or any of the superheroes, they are breaking they the law. We justify mm-hmm. that because one, it's their story and we identify with them. So we, we internalize it as us, right? But mm-hmm. if they're upholding, if they're breaking some laws to uphold the law, the greater good, then it's okay. You see how dangerous that is? Because that sounds oddly familiar yep. from what people are saying right now, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's what, part of the reason why we do it. We've had generations of doing this. I'm not saying superheroes mm-hmm. are bad. It's just that's part of the conversation. It's the impact that they have. It's part of why superheroes are created. And even if it wasn't the intent of the author, it's your impact that has um, resonance. That's why people's like, well, you know, it's all about intention and you leave with intention. No, it is not. Because your intention wasn't to burn down somebody's house. You still did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> in the 1950s and 60s, the superheroes were technically fascists. They were. That's what it was. <laughs> and you had an entire gener- generation grow up with that. Yeah. That's how impactful <laughs> this is. And then you fast forward. Now you are now you have to mix in social awareness. So now you're talking about structural racism or at least on the surface racism. That's where the X-Men come from. You talk about uh, politics. So you have Green Lantern, Green Arrow in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're addressing social unrest and anti-war sentiments and environment uh one of the one of the i think it's the first issue um they're talking about racism and they have it was denny o'neill um who passed away this year rest in peace denny he um he was told by his editor the, the story goes either he was told by his editor or he told his artist i can't remember either way he the story goes is that they wanted to draw a picture of like just the most defeated looking black man and he asks Green Lantern, like, hey, so you're like a space cop, right? Well, I heard that you help the purple skins and the blue skins and the orange skins and the whatever skins. But why don't you help brown skin people? Why don't you help black skins? You haven't done anything for us. You have all of this power and you see what goes on right around you here in this great old land of the USA. And you haven't done anything with it, or at least not for for me. And aren't I an American? I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's like, yeah, well. I live here too. And mm-hmm. I depend on you too. Like if the world was to blow up and you could stop it, like I'm a part of that. So what the hell? <laughs> a question I, was, I still ask. Frick it A. What was the answer? I had to look it up again because I don't remember. He didn't really have a clear one. And that's the thing. He's like, I, I serve everybody. But do you really? Yeah. <laughs> right? And that was Well, that's that was part of it. That was part of at least getting someone to think about it, to understand there's something mm-hmm. bigger going on. Because before that, and I mean to cut you off, I'm sorry, but before that No, you're fine. Um, comic books catered to a specific audience. And it wasn't just kids and it wasn't like specifically white kids. But the default in this country because of white supremacy is white. All of your characters who are created by most of them who are Jewish um, or Italian, 
all of the characters are are uh, middle America. They are quote unquote white men. Mm-hmm. Superman. They are Captain America. They are. They are Captain America. <laughs> Superman is an alien, but he's an alien that looks human. He's a he's an alien Same. who is a white man. So so is Wonder Woman, right? She's not an alien, but she was made from clay. No, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So but in and she's from Amazonia. Mm-hmm. So she's she's a foreigner. Yeah. She's like a demigod, though, is yeah, mm-hmm. kind of right. Yep, but because of the connection to being a Greek myth, right? <laughs> and America does see itself in it with because isn't Greece the 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 birthplace of democracy? Democracy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's to have true. that connection, but all of those characters are all American. There yeah. and there, which does bring us, yeah, to the to the race, mm-hmm. you know, minorities being portrayed as superheroes, and they don't show up until the 1960s. And how many are there, though? So that, that's the thing. So you might have like a a few, you know, smattering of African American, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. or just just black, right? Because mm-hmm. like Black Panther and so on. But w- what about other minorities? Exactly. Also. They are, There's not like a they, mix of them. They are scant. You do have some that are Latinx. You have some that are Asian, but they're okay. not as prominent as you know. Yeah, because I don't know who they are exactly. And as a casual, see, as a casual fan, you may know you know of Black Panther, but you you don't necessarily know like a specific Black Panther story arc, right? Right. But neither right. do I. That too. Yeah. See, or but even with Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, we know who Wonder Woman is as a character, but Wonder Woman doesn't have a defining story arc. Not really. As Mm -hmm. Superman does, because he's died twice. Mm -hmm. Right? The whole death of Superman was like a seminal moment in comic book history. Batman has had his back broken by Bane. That was the death of Batman, who also has died in the comic books and come back because he's Batman. So, (laughs) the only the only female superhero that I can think of well two is Jean Grey as the Phoenix mm-hmm. yeah, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer because she's died twice <laughs> mm-hmm. and come back because she's Buffy the Vampire Slayer like that's it for the most part I'm sure there are um, I know there's an exception see that's, that's the other thing to, to talk about too that again because we're clicking on to an hour already. This went so this <laughs> these podcasts go so fucking fast. Right. <laughs> I swear to God, which is why we're gonna have to have a, a part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a superhero? Again, you know, I mentioned the ones in history that don't necessarily pop in people's mind as a superhero, mm-hmm. right? Like Beowulf and Gilgamesh and Odysseus and all that. So, like you mentioned, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she is a superhero. Mm-hmm. So that that begs the question, you know, uh, of getting out of the whole DC Marvel universes. Yeah. And looking at superheroes in a different in a different light because if you if you talk to some people and say, "Oh yeah, B- Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a superhero." You're going to get a whole lot of, "Oh hell no." Cuz she doesn't have blah and she doesn't have blah and she doesn't have blah. You you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess what it comes down to is how to define a superhero. True. Well, it, well, because it can't even be superpowers. Batman doesn't have superpowers, right? But Buffy right, does. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so but Buffy does. Superhero, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. I think 
So she does, but he doesn't. So, but they're both, you know. But again, she's not necessarily considered a superhero because she's not part of that whole, that whole she, uh, thing. She's not. She's. Not, I would not, consider her. Yeah, one. no, they, she's considered as a superhero. She is. She's not. She's not necessarily. She doesn't have the cape and the tights and whatever. No, but she. Yeah. She is a superhero, like by definition, right? And I think with her mm-hmm. in particular. Is is she a superhero or is she is she just a hero and what does that mean right? There's that kind of dialogue going on, well, then which is a little bit more. I have another one for you. I have another one for you. Mm-hmm. Matilda is a superhero. I forgot about Matilda. Matilda's got powers mm-hmm. and she fights. She fights a bad guy. Well, whatever Miss Trunchbull is, <laughs> she <laughs> she fights her. <laughs> And you know, I mean, she's she's got a villain, mm-hmm. and her parents were villains too. Her parents and her brother, okay, and the cops that were that were investigating her dad. <laughs> I mean, she she fights all these villains, hmm. so she would be a superhero too, right? I mean, she does have powers. Yeah, but uh, but then that gets into the conversation: Do, do you have to have powers to be a superhero? Because that's why Batman is considered a superhero, even though he doesn't, and neither does um, what's his face? Um, you said it earlier, Iron Man. Or or yeah. and uh, what's it? And Rhodey, they don't have superpowers. Black Widow doesn't have superpowers. Depending on who writes, then that's her. something that maybe yeah. for 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 part two that that's mm-hmm. something for maybe part two is again you know def- defining what a, a superhero really is, mm-hmm. and then okay so so Matilda and Buffy the Vampire Slayer have powers. Mm-hmm. So who who would be that's not part of the DC Marvel. X-Men, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of superheroes, you know, who, who would be considered a superhero that's, that doesn't have powers, that doesn't wear a costume. Hmm. Me. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying kidding. that let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> I think you are yeah, a superhero, right. but you know, no. I think you are, but <laughs> In 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 the in the it, it, world, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um, hmm. And of media, so so who would be that? So I think that's that's for that'll be food for thought uh, for next. I don't know that I'll have for to next do week because I'm yeah. I'm gonna research that. Email us if you if you have some yeah because I please, yeah I'm please we'd love some ideas about this because I think that's really important, mm-hmm. you know to and I'm 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 gonna say this I'm I'm gonna put some parameters on this for next week too. Yes, we all know, and thank you so much that all the healthcare workers are superheroes. Hell yes, yes. we know that. Yes. So are the police. So are the firemen. So you know all those. Yes, absolutely, we know that. But we're talking more of fantasy. Yes. Superheroes, right? We're not talking about real superheroes. Yeah. I, I want to keep it in the fantasy world. Yes. Do not at us with hashtag not all heroes wear capes. We know. We know. Exactly. That's what we're saying. Matilda doesn't wear a fucking cape. And she's a kid. She's like 10. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we know all that. And and yes, we're not you know saying that they're not superheroes. But we're talking about fictional ones. Yes. I, I want to I stay in the fictional realm mm-hmm. with that. So So I just wanted to put that parameter on there. Although if it was if it would have gotten you to email me, I guess maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. But whatever. <laughs> but please, we would like some ideas because and yeah, we're gonna have to wrap this up for today. My stomach is growling, and I don't know if y'all can hear that. <laughs> 
because it's so loud for me and I keep thinking, oh my goodness, I should turn my microphone down so nobody can hear it. <laughs> but it happens to everybody. So, yes. you know, y'all can hear my stomach growling. You know. <laughs> Just know it is dinner time for me. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, because I, I do want to, and I, I also want to talk about, I want to, uh, this might end up being a three-parter by that's fine <laughs> and i'm just and i'm just a casual casual fan but i i would like to talk more about those that have powers mm-hmm. you know like specific ones we don't have to obviously talk about all of them because there's so many right but maybe pick out one or two and then same way with magic and then definitely um i'd like to to talk about uh batman mm-hmm. um because i think that's one of the ones that you and i both have in common mm-hmm that we we could delve more into because that he's definitely one that I know much more about than the others. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that he's isn't he your favorite? Yeah. If I Yeah. Am I? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. Uh <laughs> he was the first one I was exposed to, so or Batman. I Batman mm-hmm. was first with the Michael Michael Keaton in 89 and then yes. the animated series as a little kid. I loved yeah. Mm-hmm. So that like the way I saw myself as a kid and what I wanted to be when I grew up was Michael Jackson, Batman and a Ninja Turtle and a cartoonist. So I'm hell yeah, you know, there you go. Two and a half of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I think and then there's there's topics I think that we can because uh, I'd like to do one about the super villain villains. I'd like to do just an episode about villains. Sure. Because some of the villains are are so much more intriguing mm-hmm. than the superhero. Of course. <laughs> um, you get to have more fun with the supervillain. Right. Well, and that's one another reason why I want to delve more into Batman, uh, especially because it seems like more of his supervillains are definitely more psychologically based. Yes. Than a lot of the other ones. Because they are reflections of him. They are so damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the people are so damaged, mm-hmm. and so I'd I'd really kind of like to to delve into that yes. the psychology of Batman. That's because he's damaged as a character. That's the whole point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. Well. Yeah. And we need to talk about that too. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about with just this subject alone. Uh, again, we can have several podcasts with this, um, but definitely a part two next week. Yes. Awesome. So. Well, and so email us yes. like we keep asking you to so let's go ahead and put the email out there it's off kilter no filter it's all one word no caps no spaces off kilter no filter at yahoo.com one more time off kilter no filter at yahoo.com when we say email us we really mean that. yes <laughs> email us I, I know there i wish there was other ways i mean eventually once this podcast really gets going uh we could actually Maybe even do like a YouTube thing. Well, once this pandemic is over, yeah, and right. <laughs> maybe Byron and I can be in the same room to do this, <laughs> um, we could do like a YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could start a YouTube channel for this, and then that way people could comment, mm-hmm. which you know would make it easier. Because I know sometimes email can be <sighs> that electronic people, mail can actually well, and it can seem cumbersome compared to just commenting below. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, Although commenting below leaves ourselves open to more trolls, but I'm going to assume that some of our listeners might take care of our trolls for us. Yeah, and you know, I like it when that happens. And if you're trolling about 
superheroes or structural racism <laughs> all you're doing is proving the point in the first place so exactly. figure yourselves out same way with the yeah, same way with the ones with about music say any yeah. anything that we talk about you're just gonna prove the point yeah like, and i bet you i can guess where you live and how you voted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and what you drive yeah and how you dress yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway anyway i'm just i'm just i'm just being i'm just being <laughs> You're trolling the trolls. It's okay. Snarky today. <laughs> a little bit. So I do want to mention a couple things. One, Byron, will you go ahead and mention the music, please? Um, thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. So the music is my latest song. It's called Roadblocks. That is heard at yes. the beginning of this podcast. Um, at the end of this podcast, it is from my debut album. The song you're listening to, the instrumental version of Square One. Also, you can find my music on Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Rhapsody. Uh, also, my favorite song on the album is called Very Well I Know, and you can hear an instrumental yeah. version of that on Tammy's podcast called Women yes. Committing Crimes. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. And also, uh, the song Who, which is ah. the be- the the... Uh, which is the end of my podcast is at the end of my podcast is also from that album that album is fantastic i had the hardest time deciding the songs oh to wow use. <laughs> because because they were all so good oh awesome see you heard it here yeah, first yeah. or maybe the fifth time on this episode but that's okay go listen to the yeah. album it's damn good exactly if, <laughs> if you've been listening to us but haven't listened to the album what yeah you're missing <laughs> what out. are you doing you need out. to go listen to it because then you'll actually hear the lyrics <laughs> to all these songs do they have they have lyrics <laughs> and they're actually the full versions are are extremely like they're so good, you know, compared to just the little snippets um, that we've been using. But, and yes, go go to Women Committing Crimes. You can find that podcast anywhere, literally on every podcaster out there, including iHeartRadio. I was excited about that one. That one I had to ask for, and you, which I'm going to do, by the way, for this one too. Nice. I'm going to send them an email about this one. L- listen to that one. You learn so much. It's really interesting, especially if you're a history buff or... Even if you're just genuinely curious, uh, Lizzie Borden, I know you've heard the name. Well, now you have actual Mm -hmm. context and content for Lizzie Borden and who she was and what she did. I love that episode. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Very informative. The latest one is absolutely fantastic, too. And most people have heard of uh, Griselda Blanco. And she uh, was a Colombian drug lord. Ooh. fantastic episode it's going to go up tomorrow which the right now is saturday so it's going to go up tomorrow sunday uh so hopefully um i'm pretty sure it will uh so that one is fantastic uh it's it's pretty bloody it's got some good stuff in it um i also want to mention another podcast uh, so if you like to make lists about anything from like you know uh, your top 10 favorite sodas to your top 10 uh favorite 20th century authors you know, the broad scope of, of lists. You like to make lists, and then you like to argue with people about your list. Uh, listen to This Is Why You're Wrong with Stephen Everett, John DeBruin, and Alex Alcantar, where they do make lists, and then they argue their their th- why their list is superior to somebody else's. Um, I've been on that podcast a couple times. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's interesting also to hear people's perspectives about uh, different types of things. So check out that podcast 
And I think, uh, oh, and also, uh, if you like the artwork, yes, um, my husband Doug did the artwork for this podcast as well as Women Committing Crimes. Yes, he, so thank you, honey. <laughs> he's awesome. I love that guy. Um, yeah, he's helping me design my Halloween costume for next year. Well, yes. If we I have Halloween, what that's gonna be. if we have Halloween next year, we'll see what happens. We'll have Halloween next year. We're all gonna get we're all gonna get shot up this summer for sure. Yeah, see that has a different context when you say that to me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Did you notice the silence? Yeah. After I, said it? Uh, hmm. Hmm. I meant with the vaccine. <laughs> Well, if he's helping me design a suit, hopefully that'll that'll uh, that'll help. Anyway, yeah. Well, I'm On hoping that, that note. everybody gets the. Yeah, I'm hoping everybody gets the vaccine. Until then, until we get the vaccine and we're all healthy, yes. uh, please wear a mask yes. and social distance where you can. And um, it's very vitally important yes. to save those that are most vulnerable. Um, and. Uh, that way we can, you know, all be together again for sure. Yes, because I will just end by saying Grey's Anatomy had me in my feelings this past episode. So, please. Did it? Yes, because my even... favorite character, her mom died and reminded me of my grandmother who also <gasps> passed and had me in oh, my feelings. Oh, yes, she did. That's right. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. I'm just saying, you know, I know that's I TV, but you. for real, please wear a mask. Please Do be I smart. Still... Please stay safe. Yes, please. And we will see you next time with part two of Superheroes. All right. Take care of you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.